The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Yeah. yeah, Philly, Bird Gang, yeah, they got enemies, got a lot of enemies, everybody hating on that Bird Gang energy, Bird they trying to take the wave that we on, check it and respect it, bruh, sports and John, ooh wee, yeah, we got that loud pipe, this that show, all Bird Gangs alike, Gail, E-Rock, Evan, the homie Mike. Ain't no show keeping up in sight. Good yeah. When you watching them birds play, Bird. thoughts go through your mind about some misplays. Backstage politics, right. who's next on the trade block? Man. Tune in to 4th and John, get your answers, bruh. If you be in the city, just know that we get busy. Time there's a whole game tailgate. We lit Cheering on them birds, uh, singing that fight song. E-A-G-L-E-S, we on, look. We from Philly. If you don't know, we run these streets the same way the birds run that NFC East. Giants is weak, skins is trash, Cowboys every season whoop that ass. It ain't no competition, we here for those who listen. Want nothing but the facts, that ego coalition. We could give two fucks about your trash ass team. Our concern is about that black, that white, that midnight green. The feathers on the helmet, bruh, our hearts indebted. Fly, Eagles, fly, what it's about, bruh. I said it, look up. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? What's up, Philadelphia? We are. Live broadcasting from Wildfire Sports Studios. Welcome to the 4th and John episode number 58. Boys and girls, let me ask you a question. What happens when the third-ranked player, according to the NFL Top 100 players in the league, comes back to the number one rated team in the power rankings and the defending Super Bowl champions. Boys and girls, Carson Wentz is coming back stronger and more determined than ever. And it's got to make the rest of the NFC East and the rest of the NFL sick to their stomachs. Now, I'll be honest with you guys, and I, I, I mean, I can't be the only one. I got so caught up in what happened after Carson Wentz went down Nick Foles coming in and playing, the dog mask, the next man up mentality, the underdog situation, beating the Falcons at home in the playoffs, spanking the Minnesota Vikings, going on to the Super Bowl, beating Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, winning our first Lombardi, coming home, having a parade, seeing those rings for the first time. I got so caught up in what happened after Carson Wentz went down that I didn't forget how good Carson Wentz was. But man, 
it was so sweet to have a little reminder of how good this guy is. Seeing him on the NFL Top 100 ranked at number three. And we are talking about a guy who broke the Eagles franchise record for single season touchdowns. A mark that was 50 some odd, I think 56 years in Eagles history. We're talking about a guy who had the fourth most passing yards in a single season behind two by Donovan McNabb and one by Randall Cunningham. And when I say the fourth most, I mean a margin less than 200 yards. This guy broke the touchdown record with three games in the pocket. This guy almost beat the single season passing yard franchise record. And and, and one more game, he would have broke it. Two more games, he would have busted open by 400, 500 yards. We kind of forget how good this guy is statistically, but you guys know me as a guy that doesn't dive headfirst into statistics. You know I'll use them. You know I'll look at them, but I'm all about the eyeball test. And it was so great to go back and revisit some of those highlights of those key plays made by Carson, Carson Wentz. Whether we're talking about the first game against the Washington Redskins, him hitting Nelson Aguilar deep, eyes down the field, avoiding the sack. Whether we're talking about the Seattle game when he's on the sideline, tippy-toeing, throwing across his body and hitting Nelson Aguilar down the field on the sideline. Or again against the Redskins with a dude in his face throwing off of his back, put, back foot and hitting Corey Clement in the end zone. Or when he escaped from that cluster that was and ran for that first down. This guy passes the eyeball test, not only passes it, but blows it out of the water. I didn't forget how good he was, but it's so sweet to be reminded. Because in his second year in the NFL, this guy, we had the glimpse of the best quarterback performance in franchise history. And we're talking about guy over guys like Ron Jaworski, Randall Cunningham, Donovan McNabb. Guys that defined eras of Eagles football, and we're getting him back. It's not only what he does on the field, in the numbers, or the magic passing the eyeball test. It's what he does off the field, and the determination and the attitude that he has to get better. This guy is so determined, so determined to get back to the Super Bowl and win a ring of his own. And if you don't believe me, go back and rewatch that top 100. When teammates like Lane Johnson have this to say. He's able to retain so much information and just going into a game, there's so much you can do with him. What makes him so special is his looseness. He can get out the pocket, pulls hat, tri- hat tricks out the bag week in and week out. One of the plays that stuck out to me, we were in Seattle, he rode towards the sideline, made a 50-yard bomb. I don't know how Wentz got the ball there. I was like, okay, this dude's the real deal. That's a teammate, Lane Johnson. We got another teammate, Jason Kelsey. He had this to say about Carson Wentz. He's genuinely a junkie about the game. He wants to learn. He wants to get better. He want, He's so competitive. He wants to be the best. And, and Doug Peterson had this to say during that segment. This kid's unbelievable. The way he prepares, the way he practices, does a lot of things that you can't teach, you know? What are you talking about? You're talking about preparing? You're talking about practicing? You're talking about having the right mindset to be a champion and bring back another Lombardi to Philadelphia. Quite frankly, boys and girls, I can't wait to see number 11 back 
on the field. We're back in the, we're off the beach and back in the studio here at New Media Studios. We had to take a little time off. They renovated the studio. We have a little bit of what we used to have at New Media Studios here. It, so, so it kind of feels like home. And goddamn, we might even take some phone calls today. Oh, we might do it. It might happen. But first, Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. Tan lines and everything. He is back in studio. How are you, my friend? Pretty good, man. Black man tan's going on here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't know I, I could burn that way. Uh, but you know who's burning, burning up the joint is uh, Carson Wentz, man. He's, he's just been amazing. I mean, that guy has been selfless from day one. Uh, you know, a team guy from day one. And there was a, there was a, a model they lived by at North Dakota State University. Uh, this this uh, song is called the, the Herd Song. And the... the the back end of the uh, herd song, it's the law is the final word. For the strength of the herd is the bison, and the strength of the bison is the herd. And, and Carson Wentz, man, he's he's just he's had that team mentality from day one. You know what I mean? And you saw it from, uh, you know, I'm thinking about that play when we were sitting there watching the Steelers game. Yeah. And he hit Darren Sproles down the sidelines, and I was l- looking at Eden. I'm like, I'm almost in tears. I'm sitting there like, he's the one. <laughs> he's Neo. He's, he's, he's the, the chosen, chosen one. one. Born in a manger in North Dakota. Uh, I mean, you, I, you, I got that feeling. And then, you know, last that last season, you know, being there, the opening game against the Redskins, and the stadium being electric, and he breaks out of that tackle and hits, hits Nelson Aguilar. I mean, you're like, he, he is the one. So, I mean, I feel like it's, you know, the book is written, man. And, you know, just like when he was at North Dakota State, he broke his wrist in week two of his senior year. This was the year where he's, they're going to go back and win the championship. You know, he, he missed the whole regular season from, with injury. He comes back in the championship game and wins them a championship. So yeah. thinking about this season, it could happen. He could come back, and, come back from injury, and now he wins another Super Bowl with the Eagles. And I, and I know that Carson <laughs> wished – yeah. It was him in that game. Oh. Sure, he was happy for Nick Foles. Sure, he was a team player. But you know it was paining him not to be in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But quite frankly, as we gush over Nick Foles and the job that he did, credit to him. You know, everything that he did to, to, to bring the Eagles that first Lombardi. I'm not sure that Carson Wentz really is, is getting enough credit for putting the team in that position to get that first Lombardi. Because I'll be honest with you, if Carson doesn't set up the team before he goes down in a position where all they have to do is win the last two out of three games, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Nick Foles, who struggled in those last three games, treated it like his preseason, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that if he, the Eagles had to go on the road, specifically during the wild card weekend, I'm not sure we're here talking about this. I'm not sure we're here talking about Lombardis. I'm not sure that we're here trying on rings and seeing how those feel. I'm not sure we're talking about any of this. Carson Wentz set them up. Now, Nick Foles finished the job, but we can't overlook the amazing run that Carson Wentz did and know that coming up, we've got a full 16 game. God willing. We've got a full 16 games. Full 19. 19. Oh, 19. I like 19. it. I like it, buddy. You hear him on the mic, Evan Bubblegum Ear. 
is working the soundboard. Yes. How are you today, Lobster I Boy? I am still burnt to a crisp. <laughs> <laughs> I decided to uh, go back to the beach today and abuse myself a little bit further, see if I could turn these into third-degree burns. Even it out? Yeah, yes. I was just trying to even it out, get the back <laughs> done a little bit. But uh, t- talking about this top 100 ranking, I think that uh, the coolest thing about it is that this ranking, There's like during the offseason, the NFL needs to stay relevant, right? So they, they come out with stories all the time. This story came from this. This was a poll done by the players. These are the guys that are actually going up against Carson Wentz, and the ones that are actually competing with him. These aren't writers. These aren't unbiased. These are just these are the players that are playing against him. And I think it's the highest form of respect that they find him in the top three of of all the players in the NFL. And then you go back and you you look at uh, that soundbite that I played about Doug Peterson. And he was talking about uh, unteachables is what uh, Carson has. He has a lot of unteachables in his, in his repertoire. And I really think that, like, I, I understand what he's saying by that, where I feel like there's a lot of players in this league that have a lot of God-given talent. Odell Beckham, for example. Sure. But they don't have the mentality to, to stay with it, stay hardworking. I think Carson Wentz is, like, the perfect storm of the great mentality, a hard worker, and just unbelievable talent. And to have to win a Super Bowl and then have that guy coming off of ice, how can you not feel like we're gonna make another run? Honestly, I mean, he's, yeah, he's gonna be super hungry too. Yeah, you know, he, he's got he's still got stuff to prove. He's coming out with a chip on his shoulder, and 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 something that you and I discussed when uh, when when a mutual friend of ours allowed us to try on the Super Bowl ring. I'm gonna tell that story about you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell that story okay. about you. But you know, we, we we had a good. 30 minutes to kind of just talk with him and and what life was like post Super Bowl being in the Eagles front office and being around the team and and one of the things that we asked him was what's the vibe like what are are the players as willing to move on as Doug Peterson said Mm -hmm. because when they got the rings when the clock struck midnight the carriage turns back into a pumpkin and we go back to the new norm and we start grinding and paying attention to what's going to happen in 2018. Were the players like feeling that or was that kind of a, a lost message? And the one thing that he spoke to was he feared going after the Super Bowl, going back into the office and everything. He feared complacency. He feared that this team was going to feel like, hey, we won the Super Bowl. We're going to party it up, have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover that you've seen so many of these other Super Bowl winners have. Yeah. Were they just going to be satisfied, you know, kind of just wearing that ring and partying for a while and not focus on the future? Mm-hmm. But he said he was pleasantly surprised not only how focused this team is, but they are hungrier at this point right here, right now, than they were last year because they know what it takes to win one. They know the expectation. They've tasted victory, and they want it again. And they are absolutely 100% listening to Doug Peterson and the fact that now it's time to focus on 2018 because this is the new norm. You know the prep work that needs to go into it. And that all starts at the top. That all starts with Carson Wentz. He tweeted something out earlier. Lacey, I'll ask you to to, to pull up Carson uh, Wentz's tweet earlier. But you can just tell by the way he's tweeting that that guy is ready, he's focused, and he's going to be leading this team. Oh, we got it right here. Let me yeah. see. Go ahead, Gail. Go ahead. Yeah, Carson uh, tweeted out uh, 13 hours ago, embrace the grind in all capitals. Uh, the moment nobody's watching, the early mornings, the extra reps, the commitment, the sacrifice, the burden of responsibility, the daily aches and pains. If you only do it when the lights come on, 
you'll always fall short. Say it with your chest. I love it. I love it. You know what? I think uh, I think we're gonna try something. We're uh, again. We just got the studio renovated. That's why we we're off for the last two weeks. Just for grins and giggles, the kick it old school. I think we're going to try to take a call. So caller, you are on the line with Fourth and John. How are you today, sir? Oh shit! Uh, uh, first time caller, <laughs> long time listener. Um, oh god, I shouldn't have smoked. <laughs> but I'm really good. I'm really good. How are you guys? Fantastic. We're, we're doing fine. Is this Mr. Gonzo? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, that is me. Yes. <laughs> and how do you feel after seeing Carson Wentz on the top 100, voted number three in the NFL by his peers? How excited are you to see Carson Wentz back in training camp, back running those drills, back leading this team? Well, in all seriousness, of course, I'm uh, very appreciative of how his peers voted him. Uh, I, I uh, seeing all the ESPN and them dumbass other rankings, Stephen A. Smith talking all that shit, talking about, you know, dangerous Wilson, can they do whatever around Carson Wentz is all bullshit. So what I appreciate is the peers, those who work with and see just the, the magic and special, you know, quarterback that we have, I feel pretty goddamn good. How do you boys feel about that? Absolutely phenomenal, man. I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am to see this guy back in action. You know, we talked about so much, you know, the, the, the fact that they didn't have a lot of money in free agency. They, they were tight on draft picks. They picked up another one in the second round for next year, but they were kind of, they didn't have a, a whole lot of draft picks to work with, yet somehow... This team got better because all these injured players. It's, it's not just Carson Wentz. I mean, here we are gushing over Carson Wentz our first day back in studio. But you got to remember, it's Jason Peters coming back. Okay! It's Chris Marigos coming back. Okay! It's Darren Sproles coming back. Okay! It's Jordan Hicks coming back. Okay! So this team, just what? by proxy, got better. Right, Chris? And, and that's a key point, though, right? Right, because as good as the team was last year, obviously they're only going forward. You know, we we have the leadership, but we're getting more talent back, and the talent that we already have is maturing. And, you know, I.e. Carson Wentz. I, I can't even imagine what it felt like for our boy to sit there on the sideline for that many weeks, mm. watching all this unfold. I'm grateful he was happy. But as a competitor, you know, as the football player, we all know he is. He wasn't shown up. But, man, he wants to put his stamp on our franchise, too. And if that doesn't make you fucking giddy, you know, I don't know what does. All right, guys. Hey, listen, man. Love you, bud. We appreciate you calling in and checking in and your support, as always. We appreciate it, brother. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like it's like Return of the Jedi. Like, he's, he's, he's here. He's like, yo, I'm about this business. I've, uh, you know, I've been resting. And I got a fully loaded clip. Let's go. You know, resting and learning. Remember, like when we talk about quarterbacks when they're drafted in the first round, you know, whether you look at even Darnold or or, or any of the other quarterbacks, it's usually around year three or four that they start kind of coming into their own. When blossoming, they, blossoming. When they've mastered the offense, when they've mastered their own skill set, when they've worked on the things, the little things that they can improve on to make them not weaknesses but strengths. It takes a good three. I'll say even four years. 
before quarterbacks really ready to make a run like that, right? This guy's breaking records in friggin' year two. Yeah, I mean, that's, two. that's the thing you, uh, you you love. You know, like, early on in his career, he's already he's, – he set that – he set his foot in the right direction. Mm-hmm. He's a student of the game. He's the guy that – he's setting a precedent. Like, all the players are looking at him like, Carson Wentz is showing up early. He's here at 5 o'clock, you know, like, like, you know, being a film junkie. And the best thing about that as well, you know, like, we got Nick Foles behind him who is also a film junkie. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. these guys – have developed a nice rapport, right. and, and everybody is challenging each other. So I think, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, he's amazing. And that speaks to the team player mentality. Mm-hmm. Because Nick Foles winning a Super Bowl in the city of Philadelphia and having that connection with this city is one of the reasons why he stayed. The Eagles taking care of him, giving him a little bit more money, paying paying him, not backup money, but giving him a nice little bonus mm-hmm. there for the performance that he had in the Super Bowl is certainly a reason why Nick Foles wanted to stay. But you can't tell me that that relationship and the good rapport that he had with Carson Wentz wasn't another reason why Nick Foles decided to stay mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. We can look up and down NFL history and see backup quarterback to starting quarterback and a little bit of competitiveness but a, le- a, a little bit of like an uneasy relationship mm-hmm. the first one that pops into my mind Steve Young and Joe Montana yeah. Steve yeah. Young wanted to be the guy Joe Montana was the guy mm-hmm. you know and then Joe Montana moves on to Kansas City but you got a, a situation here where the Super Bowl MVP is glad to play backup to a potential NFL MVP uh-huh. and you've got possibly like two out of the uh, two of the best quarterbacks in the NFC East mm-hmm. on the same roster. Yeah, I, I really think that uh, I think they're both good in their own ways. But I think it like for Nick Foles to not think that like I, everybody has done the eye test with Carson Wentz, right? They can all just see how much more explosive he is. Nick Foles doesn't have those capabilities. So I, th- I think Nick Foles is a very um, down to earth person. I think that Carson Wentz, uh, go, going back to what you were saying earlier, just about how he he's coming in at five, he's doing all that. That stuff didn't stop when he got injured. Nope. That, that, that continued, and if, if he was not coming in earlier or, you know, he was studying film even harder, he was doing everything he could even when he was on the sideline trying to help that team, which that's just the mentality that I was talking about earlier. And this, this is the same exact thing he did when he was at North Dakota State when he got injured. Mm-hmm. He became that coach on the field right. helping his players along and grooming the next guy that was coming in and winning games for him. So he's been through this before. And that, and that just goes to show it, doesn't show it doesn't matter what level he's competing at. The dude just wants to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not even Division One NCAA. He, like, but he, he was out there, not even on the field, and he wanted that team to win. That's yeah, all he and, wanted. And, and you can't look at Carson Wentz coming off an of injury and treat it like an RG3 situation. Granted, they had similar knee injuries, but you're talking about two different attitudes when it comes to RG3 oh and God. Carson Wentz. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you look at a guy like uh, Ben Roethlisberger, all right? Mm-hmm. When that kid was drafted, I think in the third round they took a quarterback. He's yeah. like, I don't even know why they did it. I'm not going to teach this kid anything. Yeah. I mean, th- th- Flacco, too, with the uh, – Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, recently with Flacco, he's been so, the same way. So you see a type of relationship between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles that's unlike any other that I can really think of in the NFL today mm-hmm. or really in, in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. I think it goes back to, like, um, a lot of these guys on the team are really selfless. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's I, haven't, I have not seen a team this cohesive and a team that really is backing everybody like the team that we saw last year. And, you, and like, 
you know, when it goes back to their religion, you know, mm-hmm. you know, Carson and Nick Foles share the same faith. It's about, you know, putting, you know, putting, you know, being selfless. Yeah. Yep. And looking out for the next Looking man. for the greater good. Right. I mean, and you see it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You do see it. It pays off, man. It pays off. And meanwhile, while we sit in here and continue to gush over our number 11, Carson Wentz, <laughs> Eli Manning, not ranked in the top 100, mm. Dak Prescott, not ranked in the top 100, <laughs> and there was one Alex Smith. Not ranked in the top 100. So when you take a look at the rest of the teams in the NFC East, be clear about it. This is a league of have and have not. Yeah. Either you have the quarterback that's going to take you to the level, next level or you do not. And it appears as though the rest of the NFC East, at least to the players in the NFL, they ain't got it. They ain't got it. Simple as that. We have a list of the, uh, of the players that were in the top 10. Who were the uh, who were the players in the top ten, starting down from ten and going all the way to one? All right, let's see. Uh, I, I believe uh, if my computer starts loading, I believe ten was Aaron Rodgers, which you know a lot of people in some people's books they'd have Aaron Rodgers number one. Arguably, yeah. Arguably. I, I mean, with with if he has a full healthy season, <laughs> if he has a full healthy season, Aaron Rodgers just for all the talent that he has. And, and on all the God-given ability and what he's been able to do over his career, there's something that throws me off about the guy. Hmm. I'm not sure if it's <laughs> the fact that whether he does not talk to his friggin' family. That's, that's weird. Odd. That's, that's weird. That's weird. I'm not is, sure. Is that even after now that he's done with the, uh, that actress? I, I have I'm zero not keeping up, yeah, idea. Yeah, I'm not keeping up with that. Whether it's atti- his attitude on the field, too, because you see that dude like – Almost Cam Newton-esque pout sometimes. Mm-hmm. Question the play calling, look over to the sidelines, shoot dirty looks all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy's got a lot of God-given talent. You wonder his level of frustration in Green Bay, and you wonder, you know, what kind of leader is this guy really? Like, almost, he, you know, he might be smelling himself. Like, he might, you know, he is a great quarterback. Sure. And, and maybe his, uh, you know, but then he, when he was when he came out of the draft and Brett Favre was in that locker room, mm-hmm. their relationship was really rocky too. Yeah, you know speaking of I mean? speaking of another example, he didn't welcome him at all. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like the stepchild for a while. Uh, but um, following down the list, number nine we have Von Miller from the Broncos, who got worked by Lane Johnson. Yeah, absolutely worked <laughs> by Lane Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look at that list, the top hundred, you see those uh, a lot of top one hundred players. Lane Johnson worked all of them. Yeah. Um, let's see, number uh, eight, we have Drew Brees. Uh, yeah, that's that's good. You know, I, 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 I saw a post where Drew Brees is only X amount of uh, yards away, and he'll break it next season. Uh, yeah. it's he some throws small like 5,000 every year. Yeah, it's some small amount where he's going to break Peyton Manning's like career yeah. pass. I mean, what an accomplishment for a guy like that who wasn't exactly— He's exact- had an unbelievable career. He re- he really has, and coming out as a, as a second round pick out of per- Purdue, Purdue, right? Purdue. And an you undersized know, quarterback, and an undersized a, quarterback yep. dealing with that, you know, shoulder injury when they drafted Philip Rivers, and then go- almost going to Miami. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that, you want to talk about like mistakes in franchise history? Look at the Miami. They went Dolphins. with Dante Dante Culpepper. Oh my God, Dante! But Dante was like the man well, for like he got, two or three he, seasons. He had injuries as well. Yeah. Yeah. Shortened his career, and then everything that he's done with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see him at that position, absolutely. Um, at number seven, a guy who, uh, you know, I'm a big fan, even though he's on the Rams, uh, Aaron Donald. Yeah. Everyone feeling yeah, good about that? He's a beast. Yeah, monster. He needs a contract. Uh, 
ASAP. That Rams situation is going to be so interesting because they got guys on so yeah. many one-year contracts, and then they're going to have Gurley and golf. Right, and and golf to pay at the same time. I mean, speaking of Gurley, Gurley comes in at number six. Mm-hmm. Um, that dude's an animal. Yeah, he's, and a, he, he's an absolute beast. Also needs to get paid by the Rams. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to be interested uh, interested to see if uh, Saquon Barkley isn't like the next Todd Gurley, like I, like I an all around. Because because Gurley can do anything, but I'd, there's I'd, nothing that that man can't do. I'd like to see Barkley run on the insides. Like he didn't really have to really tough it out on the insides. Mm-hmm. Like he could do everything. Like he could break a play from any angle. So I think uh, I don't know. I don't know if he could run like Gurley yet in, in the interior. But um, that's going to be tough with that Giants offensive line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But all right, who's next? Uh, number four, we have Julio Jones, the man who uh, dropped. Well. Sort of almost had a shot got at that ball. Um, and then we all no, know that, who's... That, that's incorrect? That's in- Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Oh, I, I skipped Le'Veon. Sorry, my bad. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell at number five. No problem. Le'Veon Bell has got one of the most unique running styles I've ever seen in my life. He's like got the, like a 99 the, uh, Madden rating in patience. I, I mean, he just stands there and waits for everything. Uh, I've never seen a dude just stand there and then wait for the hole to open up and then just from start... Stop the start and just go. Mm-hmm. So so unique in the way he runs. Okay, four, we have Julio Jones. Julio, Thanks, I, thank I, you, Justin. I, is that too high? Is that too I, high? I, I thought it was pretty high myself. I, I, I just is think that he's, too high? I think he's just a dominant football player. I, th- I think. Is that got, too hard? No, you got to I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not exactly well, sure wait. of his stats last season, but were, like, were they number top four? I mean, a guy, who, a guy his size who runs like that. Um, I mean, yeah. but then again, if. if Sarkeesian schemes up the right plans, it could be more dominating. Yeah. You know? Is he still holding out for that contract? Who? Oh, Who, they, yeah. they are not in a good place right now. No. Mm-hmm. No. And we all know who came at number three, Carson Wentz. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Uh, number two, Antonio Brown. Monster. Are, are we feeling that? He's, yeah. an, he's an absolute animal, man. He's yeah, I mean, I mean, Antonio Brown, top five. I, I'm not sure the second best player in, in the NFL. I mean, I don't, I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm knocking, you know, because th- the difference of being the second best player in the NFL versus the fourth or fifth. I mean, we're, we're splitting hairs at this point, but the number two? I, mean, was a, I, th- I think he's been was... the best receiver in the league for the past couple of years. Justin? I mean, he's he's the best skill position player across any aspect. So unless you're going to put nobody except quarterbacks over him, slating him at number two, it's kind of hard to dispute. Kind of hard to dispute in your opinion? I mean, this yeah. guy's came was like, was like oh, what, a fifth round out of Central Michigan. This guy's proved his worth over and over and like to get where he's got in the NFL, I mean, he gets he gets separation on anybody, and he does make it look easy. And it's super you're lo- easy. he's good for like 125 catches every year. And he also showed year himself year out. showed up also skills on the uh, Dancing with the Stars. Oh God, ja- big, Jackie's really it's into a fucking that. big deal. <laughs> Jackie, Jackie is so into that. Like when 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 that comes on, she takes she takes over the big TV, and that's like a big between her and my daughter. Oh, my God. It's like, Dancing with the Stars is on shit. I'm kicked out of bedroom. That's all right, though. That's all right. I can hang out out there. Uh, and then numero I mean, uno. But I mean, what, okay. just real quick, look at his, his receptions the last... Dude, that's, since, rid- since two, that's ridiculous. Since 2013, 110 receptions. 2014, 129. 136 in 2015. Holy 106 shit. in 2016. 101 last year. Um, I mean, he had Surprise, nine touchdowns last year, 12 the season before, 10 the season before, 13 the season before. 
So, I mean, I mean when, when, you, when you get to 100 receptions, that is a big deal. To be knocking that number one, two, three, four, five years in a row. And how many PPR championships has he probably won? For right. people listening, he, Judge he's, Justin, he's I think you're right. Senior. I think you are justified in the okay, it, it, and uh, he is <laughs> definitely Antonio Brown is definitely worthy of the number two slot. And then number one, number one, everybody's favorite bitch boy, <laughs> that would be Tom Brady. Tom, no, terrific, like Mister. I cried after the Super Bowl, Mister. I'm not gonna go shake Nick Foles' hand. Sometimes you have to let the other team win, uh, Mister. I can't do everything, Mister. White linens in Morocco. White, you know, white pants, white shirt in Morocco. Mr. Hugs. Mr. <laughs> I kiss my son on the mouth. Yeah, that's a little, 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 little weird. Creepy. That whole New England Patriots situation up there, dude. It's a mess. It, it really, really is. And it's hard to pinpoint who's at fault or who's right. Yeah, you got a like, lot of like. Who rocked the boat on that one? I just can't figure out. Like, who. I mean, who? Gronk's situation is weird. Um, you know, Kraft and. I, I, I was I was taking it back to the Eagles. I was just trying to say that we stomped on their neck and we ended the dynasty. That's what I was getting at. But I but I, <laughs> I I think we did. I mean that whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation. I think that was Kraft that, that like demanded that that happen. Mm-hmm. I mean for second round that's that's the weirdest thing to me. Like Garoppolo for a second round pick. That's it. I mean you you that's it. Mm-hmm. You 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 take out the name. And the New England Patriots approach me, and I'm the GM of any team, and I have a need a quarterback. And they say, "Listen, we are offering you Tom Brady's understudy, basically the future of the New England Patriots once Tom Brady retires, a guy who for years has studied behind Brady and has learned Bill Belichick's system. And all we are asking for said nameless quarterback is a second round pick. It'll I would ma- fucking throw sense. it at you. <laughs> it still doesn't even make any sense. No." It doesn't. I would throw at you a second round. Thank you for returning my pen. And then uh, Tom Brady's um, like guru, like trainer, or whatever, is not allowed to be on the premises. What? You hear about what? that? No, I didn't hear they about were, that. They weren't letting him come in to uh, help him train stuff like that. Like, and this is the same guy that Edelman was working out with, I believe, and uh, the PED situation. Justin. Well, think about it. What it did for the 49ers. They had a top ten draft pick and didn't have to use it on a quarterback. It's beautiful. It's crazy. It's that crazy. that completely reset the trajectory of that franchise and Kyle Shanahan's coaching career. And they had a pretty good draft, if I remember correctly. Oh, the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. They've been building uh, pieces. Well, uh, look, look at Mr. Johnny Lynch. No uh, football front office experience. Goes and fleeces the Chicago Bears. Then gets Tom Brady's understudy for a second-round pick for nothing. Uh, you know, it's just unbelievable job he's doing over there. And again, the 49ers are my dark horse to win the, uh, Ooh, win the NFC West. West there. Yeah, they're I my dark horse. They could, be, they could do it. They could do it. Uh, speaking of people that were left out, we touched... Over briefly. the Rams? Yeah. That would be so, a su- Surprise story. It's a hot surprise take. Story. This, it's a hot take, son. That, it's not a guarantee, but like the dark horse, and we've been over this, but mm-hmm. the dark horse, you got to pick somebody on the lower half of the 16 that were last year. And the, everybody's looking at the Rams and kind of giving them the nod. Mm-hmm. Look at all the free agent signings that they made, these guys on one-year contracts. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to blow up like the 2011 Eagles dream team, but you've got no time with these guys to gel. A lot of big egos and a lot of question marks going forward from there. 
you know, let's not pretend just because you sign a lot of talent that they're going to be a cohesive unit and work all together. I mean, it's not, and also you have to think about all the guys that want to get paid next year. A lot of those guys want to like, hey, yo, I, I need, I need my numbers. A lot of guys that earned it too. Yeah, like Gurley, like uh, Donald, Don, Aaron Donald's not in camp either, right? Yeah, I think he's holding out. So that's great. <laughs> that's great for hamstring issues. Great late, for the 49ers. Late in the season. <laughs> yeah. And one of, we, we touched on the quarterbacks in the NFC East that weren't in the NFL top 100. And one of the mentions that I constantly get about it, in fact, it was on an article on NFL.com, was Alec, leaving Alex Smith out of the top 100 for whatever reason, some reason, like surprised people. This guy goes on to say, uh, look, we aren't shocked that Blake Bortles isn't on this list. We knew enough from his divisional opponents. Uh, scathing criticism of his skill set to guess that he wouldn't make the top 100. But no Alex Smith after his 2017 campaign. Seriously? Question mark? Leave your stat argument at home. Here are some numbers for your brain. 4,042 passing yards, not bad. 67.5% completion percentage, 26 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and a 104.7 passing rating. Passer rating. Nice most, ninth most in completions of 20-plus yards. Third most in completions, 40-plus yards. And, the, you know, he goes on to say that Alex Smith is the most underrated quarterback in NFL history, and he will go on NFL history to die Jesus. on that hill. I mean, that dude was a f- number one overall pick. Yeah, and he can't throw further than twelve yards. It, I mean, I mean, it did take him a while to like settle into his skill set. I guess. I mean, you know, they say the captain checkdown thing. I think last season, he finally had. I mean, you had Tariq Hill, yeah. who was like a monster burner down the field that extended the field for them, mm-hmm. and you had Kareem Hunt who. Caught the ball well out of the backfield, like stretched the whole field. I think, you know, he had some weapons around him, but I think he is more of like a system type quarterback. Hey, you, 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 know who, you know who wrote this now that I'm looking at it? Who's that? David Carr. David Carr wrote this article. Because he also said that Carson Wentz shouldn't have been ranked that high. Yeah. Uh, he's a versatile youngster, flourished uh, in year two under Doug Peterson. Light, uh, lighting the league on fire with his uh, highlight-creating play, Wentz completed 60.2% of his passes for 3,296 yards and 33 touchdowns against seven interceptions and rushed 64 times for 299 yards. When he went down with the season-ending knee injury, it felt as though Philadelphia's season was over too, but we all know how that turned, on, turned out. Uh, ahead of Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, let's dial it back a little, fellas. Do you think that Carson Wentz should have been? Yeah, exactly. But do you think that Carson Wentz should have been put ahead of those quarterbacks? I think so. I, think so. I mean, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Yeah. I mean, uh, he didn't have a way full early season. too. Yeah. And you know, Brees had a phenomenal season, but Carson Wentz also had a phenomenal season. He was putting up the numbers, guiding his team team to victories. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were putting like averaging thirty. What thirty one points a game, yeah. thirty three points a game when and Carson Wentz was at his peak, and not for nothing. But we can all agree that Carson Wentz is a better athlete than Drew Brees, right? I mean, Drew correct. Brees might have better numbers. I mean, correct. But. There's so many moments that he had last season where the the Bears game where he, he looks like he's about to get plastered mm-hmm. and does a Houdini move. Yeah, juke a guy out of the his fucking shoes. Yeah. the move where uh, Carson Wentz is yeah, against the Giants. Yep, and he throws that. Yeah, man. I, yo. <laughs> like he, he throws a cut cut move and crosses the field and almost takes the distance. Mm-hmm. There's there was so many of those moments where you're like, dude, 
Mm-hmm. Who are you? And, and and going back to like the point that the players are the ones that are vo- that voted on this. I, I I think that like all these players that are voting for Carson to be so high are players that were burnt by Carson. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, oh yeah, that dude fucking tore up my ankles this year. And you, I mean, I mean, let's 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 be real for a second. You know, like you can't take these aren't the be all to end all. You no, know. no. Like last year, if we're gonna go back last year, who was number seventeen? Rated oh. on the top 100. Oh. Dak Prescott. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it, I know ah. us. I know us on the timeline. We're probably like, yo, this this list sucks. Ah. And now he's not even on the list. But you know who are thumping their chest? Cowboys fans. Oh, look at Dak Prescott <laughs> inside the top 20. But now that Carson Wentz is number three, those lists don't fucking right. matter. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I mean, hip- it's so it's, hypocritical. It's I mean, it's nice. It's nice to hear good things about your players and, you know. But, it, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, Micah Hyde is rated higher than Fletcher Cox. All right. Before, really? Bef- yeah. Okay. Uh, before we get to this read right here, we all agree that uh, Carson Wentz should have been number three ahead of Aaron Rodgers and ahead of um, Drew Brees. Correct. What about Alex Smith? Do you think Alex Smith should have been there in the top 100? Ahead of those guys? Not ahead, but just somewhere in the in the top 100. Um, Justin says no. Top one hundred, maybe. I mean, he could have snuck in back in, but I, but I, I feel like the players look at him as a, a quarterback who's a system quarterback, exactly, who relies on his, exactly. more of his weapons to mm-hmm. dink and dunk down the field versus it's making huge splash plays. Last year was mm-hmm. the first year, like you know, I think ever mm-hmm. that he had so many downfield touchdowns, air and yards, a, and a lot of that's Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and a lot of that's Tyreek Hill. Yep, yeah. and Tyreek Hill. Yes, sir. And real quick, going back to David Carr's list, right. you can't really put too much perspective in it. He ranked his brothers a top five quarterback in the yeah. league. Yeah, that's a little biased. I mean, right if there. he if he did watch his brother play against the Eagles, he performed worse than Nick Foles, and we were killing Nick Foles. And Derek Carr was supposed to be MVP the season before. He didn't put up any numbers. Did Nick Foles crack the top 100? He didn't, right? No, he didn't. No. He, he didn't have enough Super Bowl MVP? To, well, he didn't have <laughs> enough playing. You know what I mean? It's, but he's number one in our hearts, yes. though. Number, number, number one in our hearts. All right, so before we get to uh, Gail's little uh, Super Bowl ring story, I have to do a read here, and I'm going to pre-warn Look at this guys, dude. Because the worst thing that I do on microphone is, read. is fucking read. <laughs> so I, I am going to attempt this and do the best I can. Bear with me, because... Like, when I'm just spitting, you know, I'm all E-rocked out. You know what I mean? But when I got to read, all of a sudden I go in my WNBC voice. WNBC. So here we go. (laughs) If you can't seem to stay ahead of your bills, then this message is for you. How would you like to have a large portion of your credit card debts, medical bills, and the uh, department store debt forgiven? National Credit Card Relief would like to give you your uh, you free information on a proven debt forgiveness program. This program has been used by thousands to legally forgive millions in unsecured debt. It's not bankruptcy. It's not consolidation. This special program actually wipes clean a portion of your debt that is forgiven from what you owe your creditors. Call for free information and get all your questions answered in the first free call. Call for free information and get all your questions answered in the first free call. There's two frees in that same sentence. Who wrote this copy? Who wrote the sponsor? The sponsor wrote the copy. <laughs> Keep reading. Uh, the more you owe, the more you can save. If you have at least $10,000 or more in credit card bills, this debt forgiveness program can be very effective. Call for your free information 
and find out more now, 800-218-7170. There is no cost or obligation for the information. Do not wait to call 1-800-218-7170. That's 800-218-7170. Get your debt problem solved. Call 1-800-218-7170 today, and it is free. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, listen, man. That's not bad for the first read. That's hey, good. That's not bad for the first W A N. Pretty good, y'all. People out there pay your bills, too, man. Listen, we got to pay some bills on this show, man. Yeah. We got to do what we got to do. Uh, so, Gail had the opportunity to uh, try on the Super Bowl ring. And in doing so, in the parking lot, K-Lot of Lincoln Financial Field, uh, when the ring was placed in his hand, and he tried to take a photo of said ring. I've never seen a man's hands shake quite the way. So much so that I was nervous that he was going to drop it. And I had my hands Man, cupped underneath listen. him like, do not drop this friggin' ring. Because it was an employee ring, right? Yeah. And it was basically like one... T they went in tiers. So tier 1A and 1B. And tier 1A... Uh, was uh, it, it's the same ring. Tier one, I had the, the dog mask mm -hmm. underneath it. The engraving, yeah. And, and, and I think another engraving. But otherwise, it's all the diamonds, all the emeralds, the exact same Super Bowl ring. And, Gail, I almost thought I was going to see a grown-ass black man cry in a parking lot for the first time ever. Oh. Gail, how did you feel holding that Super Bowl ring? Uh, I felt like, uh, you know, I was, just, I, was, I was like, God damn, man. Like, it was so beautiful. It was, <laughs> I was like... This is what women feel like when they see the ring. <laughs> and, like, they call, the, oh, my God, you got to come and see the ring. And we all, you all sit around it, you look at it, and you're like, he finally did it, he proposed. <laughs> and we were just sitting there like, oh, man. But then I felt like a little bit like uh, Smeagol or Gollum from Lord of the Rings. I was like, I want to fucking keep this shit. <laughs> like, I want to run out the exit. Like, I'm trying to look at my uh, exits. <laughs> but then my I was like, precious. And it was just beautiful, man. But then I was like, I'm gonna drop this shit. So if some, I need backup. And his his, ha his hands were legit, like, because he was trying to hold the yeah. phone, take a picture of it, and Look he couldn't, like, dude. he almost dropped his phone. Like it was legit, like this, yeah. like just shaking. I thought you like were gonna crazy. say he did drop the ring. No, God, yeah. no, I wouldn't let him do that. Well, well, this dude puts on the ring and gets stuck for a second. Yeah, dude, it, it got stuck <laughs> it on got my stuck. finger. <laughs> like, 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 I, like I just pushed it on my finger. I was like, fuck it. I'm uh, look, looks like it's not coming <laughs> off. Sorry, guys. Wait, <laughs> hold on. Let me, he straight up told me, you can't take that off. I'm taking the finger I'm with me. taking man. the finger. Yeah. I, 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 understandable. Understandable. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have it. You got to have it. Um, what'd you think about the ring? Like, like. As far as because we they unveiled the rings after a very lengthy God that was so long, we were all sitting there burning a hole in our phones, refreshing I mean, that our was feed. Crazy foreplay for a long time. Yeah, I'm gonna get real weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, what would you what you think about the overall design? No, I mean, th I thought the design. If you start looking back at the older rings, y y this one is like tastefully done, and it's got yeah. some bl a lot of bling in it. Uh -huh. And I thought it was it was, it was done well, you know. I I really thought that it was it was modern, yet classic. Right. I thought it was large, but not gaudy. It was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> it was so it perfect. Was, and it was so simplistic because it's just got the circle, yeah. Eagles logo, Lombardi trophy. It wasn't gaudy like the New England Patriots rings or the New York Giants rings. It wasn't. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins uh, snapped a, a picture of his New Orleans Saints Super Bowl ring as he was. 
on his way to go pick up his new Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl ring. And I was kind of looking at that thing like, Malcolm Jenkins' Saints Super Bowl ring is not impressive. It's literally just like a square diamond Saints logo. Nothing, nothing fit. Kind of small. When you when you put on that that door, well, of course, I mean, I'm I'm a little guy, so you you see it on you see it on Brandon Graham's live feed, and you're like, oh, well, that's a, I thought it would be bigger, and then you put it on my hand, and it's like, oh my god, this it's a wristwatch. A, yeah, this thing's a doorknob. <laughs> I, I feel lopsided at this point. Yeah, there's Malcolm Jenkins Super Bowl. Is there anything really fancy about that? Does that do anything for you? Not really. Not I, really. And the funny thing is about he he was a rookie when he won his first Super Bowl ring. Oh, really? I mean, he's a 30-year-old man, so, you know, let's take that in perspective. You know, you win one of those rookie, like, we're going to go back and win one the next year. Like, it's, it's very tough to do, but um, Malcolm Jenkins has two, though. Mm-hmm. Can't take that away from about him. About to have three. To you know who three. else has two? Chris Maragos. Nice. He he came off of the uh, Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl and was signed by the Philadelphia Eagles under um, – Donkey ass Chip Kelly, yeah. donkey brain Chip Kelly, and uh, he has two rings now. And the, that whole team, it just it, it, what what Chris told us in the park a lot. That that whole team is just so focused on number two. It's refreshing. I don't see this team coming out with any sort of Super Bowl hangover. I mean, you saw Fletcher Cox get emotional when he got his ring. Yeah. Even uh, Chris Long got emotional too. Yeah, and there's a guy with a ring. Yeah, there's a guy with a ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I almost feel like he felt like almost like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors, where he like he had spent all his entire career on the Rams, never even got to a playoff game. And he's like, dude, I want a Super Bowl so freaking bad. I'm just gonna go to the Patriots. Goes, gets a Super Bowl, and now he feels like he actually like earned one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that he didn't earn the other one, but you understand. Well, what you I'm had saying. Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah you're exactly. already you favored to win. Exactly. Yeah, you're already favored to win. I mean, Legarrette Le- Blunt had uh, that was the second one. Mm-hmm. Torrey Smith, that was the second one. Third one. Third one? Third one for LeGarrette Blunt. Third, Third one, one for LeGarrette Blunt. That's wow. Yeah, he went to his Good God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had, we had a lot of great veterans in that locker room, man. That really set down the you know, the mindset. Like a lot of these guys we were talking about on the road to the Super Bowl having the and how important those guys were in the locker room, like setting their, their foundation, their, their mindset going into these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, then you have guys like Alshon Jeffrey who wanted a Super Bowl ring and was like, I don't care about this shit. This whole Super Bowl st- stuff is stupid. Oh, that was great. Yeah. I just want to. We could be back in Philly, and, <laughs> and he just came to the Super Bowl. And this shit is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and he predicted. It. He was like, "Yo, we're we're gonna win this one," you know. And he, he played. He played with his hair on fire. Speaking of uh, Malcolm Jenkins, did did you like the t-shirt? Nice t-shirt. Did, did, did you nice like the t-shirt? t-shirt? Nice t-shirt. Now, now normally, I'm listening. Now normally, I'm hyping up our own t-shirt brand, yeah. right? And our and our own t-shirts, the Fourth and John Shop, which can be found on the Wildfire site, the Wildfire, uh, along with every other single show, except for the limited edition guy we got back. Or there. the limited edition, we do have the Zero Super Bowls jersey hanging in studio. Can we get some God music. I'm sure Lacey will take a picture of that and, and, and post it up there. It's our trophy until the, the home opener tailgate. But this is made by um, Liberties. And the reason why I'm even speaking about another brand or another T-shirt vendor's T-shirt is because these tees, it's the, uh, it's the you aren't listening, right? The message that Malcolm Jenkins put up and wrote on the poster board. Uh, they part- Malcolm Jenkins partnered with uh, Liberty Tees or Liberties. Liberties. Uh, you can find it under Malcolm Jenkins' uh, Twitter feed. It's $35, right, which is an expensive T-shirt when you consider that the 4th and John T-shirts when not on sale are only $20. But a large portion of that goes to Malcolm Jenkins' 
uh, charity donate like donated to charity mm-hmm. and his causes. And you know how active this guy is off the field and making a difference in the community. So I, I just wanted to show my support for Malcolm Jenkins, you know what I mean, and his charities and stuff like that. And uh, you know, rock the tea. So I encourage everybody else to get the to pick up this tea and you know raise some money for a good cause by Malcolm Jenkins. And we'll shoot out. We'll shoot a link out on the uh, Fourth and John page so you can buy said tea. Awesome, awesome. And also, too, do not forget our Canton trip. Man, it is like it is, it is coming up, isn't it? I mean, summer's just blazing by. We're, we're at the end of June. I just, I just got the uh, confirmation email last night, as a matter I of fact. I did get the confirmation email. Yes, for that. My, my tickets have shipped. Oh, they have shipped? They have shipped. My tickets are, are – I, I, I got to contact StubHub because I don't know if they're digital or what the deal mm-hmm. is, but they were like, hey, it's going to be delivered like the day before you leave. What the fuck? Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, and so, <laughs> the, and so then they're like, oh, your credit card account hasn't been pinged yet. Uh, that's going to go uh, now. And I'm like, wait, I thought I already <laughs> paid for them. And then it's like, well, they'll be the, available in 20. So I got to I gotta iron out all this situation. But the big day, obviously – is going to be when Dawkins gets inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But the day before, all right, this isn't a package. We're not selling tickets. We're not making money off of this. But the 4th and John crew, again, will be taking a full day's tour of the Pro Football Hall of Fame the Friday before induction Saturday. Mm -hmm. And we encourage all our listeners who are traveling out there or who live out there, if you can't make it to the ceremony, uh, if you can't make it to the Hall of Fame game, Come with your boys at 4th and John, and all you got to do is buy a ticket to the Hall of Fame and come enjoy it with us. I mean, 4th and John is about getting everybody together. Uh, I mean, if you don't have anyone to hang with, we're there to hang with. And if you guys didn't know by now, we're football dorks. Uh, and dorks. going going, <laughs> going to the Hall of Fame and looking at, you know, first of all, being there for Brian Dawkins is amazing. But being there to see history, uh, I've never been there. And everybody knows I'm a dork. <laughs> football dork, and I mean that's like going to it's football uh, mecca, the it's gates good. of heaven, right yeah. there. No, it's football mecca. If you're a football fan and you have to at least once, it's like it's like traveling to Jerusalem. You know, you have to do it. You have to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and just soak in the history of the game because some of the exhibits there, I mean, will absolutely blow your mind, especially if you're just a history junkie, like like Gale's an X's and O's guy. Like that that's that's his core knowledge. Um I'm I'm a friggin' history buff mm-hmm. when it comes to the NFL. I'm not an X's and O's guy, but I'm a big history guy. When I was a teenager, uh, man, this is gonna be dorky to say out loud. I don't think I've ever told this story, but um I used to write the Pro Football Hall of Fame and send a self addressed stamped envelope with index cards to the different Hall of Fame. Now this is when I'm like thirteen, fourteen years old. And ask these Hall of Famers, because they would forward the mail onto the actual players themselves, mm-hmm. to, to, to sign an autograph and, and make it out to Eric. And then you never know. You go to the mailbox as a kid, and all of a sudden you get one of those little envelopes mm-hmm. back, and you know there's an index card in there. And you're talking about guys like Lenny Moore, mm-hmm. Roger Staubach, wow. Bob Lilly, um, who was Hank Stram right before he passed, the, uh, passed away. Um, God, uh Joe Montana, I've got a, I, I've got like a box full of these index cards that when I was a kid, I would sit there, write the Hall of Fame, or if that player had like a business venture or a charity or something, and just collect, you know, all these autographs from all these Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I cannot wait to go back out there. I am a huge NFL history nerd, and if you're anything like me, you have absolutely have to see the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Anything else to add, Gail? 
Oh, uh, Nick Foles has a he's been having his uh, couple exhibits book signing. And oh I, yeah, that's right. I know Evan's going to be in studio tomorrow with him, right? Yes, and then, uh, he's going to be uh, making a speech at uh, Calvary. Uh, I believe it's Calvary Baptist Church. Uh, but it's going to be a church over in Philadelphia, and he's going to be making a speech. I believe tickets are uh, $40 for regular tickets and 55 for a VIP. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's going to be speaking tomorrow, I believe, from 4 to 6-ish. Okay, cool. Uh, I mean, but it, Nick Foles' book, it's it's called Believe It, My Journey of Success, Failure, and Overcoming the Odds, and it comes out uh, June 26th. So uh, he'll, be, he'll be making the rounds this week, so check him out. There's a couple of days that will be around uh, signing his book. And next we have up uh, the Twitter questions. Now, before we put Lacey on the mic to go through the uh, the Twitter questions, that's usually done by our good friend, I Bleed Philly. And uh, before we go any further, we yes. just want to uh, extend our thoughts, our, our, our prayers. He's going through a little bit of a, uh, a family emergency right now. Thinking so of you, Mikey. We just want to let him you, know that we are thinking about Star him. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see you on the flip side, man. We'll see you when you get back, all right? But Lacey is here with the Twitter question, so fire away, love. We actually have a Twitter question from Mike. Oh, gee, all right. <laughs> so he must be listening. He said, out of everyone in the studio, who got burnt the most from Sunday Beach Day? Well, sure sure as shit ain't me. Uh, it's not me either. Uh, I don't know. You you might want to take a, a picture of Evan and and tweet it up because that because that is definitely some. Burn. You got to remember though, Evan was at the beach today. That is true. He was double dipping. He was double dipping. I see that. Uh, yeah, you're you're pretty torched up there. Yeah. I don't know. There was a lot of people bitching. I got to see what Hood Rat looks like. <laughs> oh, I think she's probably the worst. Because the Irish redheaded girl was out in the sun all day. Yeah, she's just chilling in a bath of ice right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and, and thank and shout out to Hood Rat too, man. She she provided oh, food. Be- awesome um, host. Yeah, awesome yeah. Host. She she always she always does the greatest job. And and shout out to Jersey Girl LBI Bagel. If you're ever down on Long Beach Island, my home away from home, when I'm not in Philadelphia. Please visit them. They are a, uh, first of all, the diehard Philadelphia sports fans, and they provided so much food for the little beach batch, batch that we had, and it was amazing. It went over like a hit. Again, Jersey Girl LBI Bagel. Please visit them while you're on vacation down the Jersey Shore at LBI. Okay, next one is from Brother Frank. Um, that says, how long until Carson has a, quote, Aaron Rodgers smirk swagger when he comes up to the line? I think he's going to have it day one, to be, to be honest with you. He's going to be so excited to be back. And wait till he just starts to get... Like, there might there's, there's obviously going to be some rust to knock off. I mean, he's going to go through training camp. He's going to go through, um, you know, you know preseason, it, God willing. But let's say he doesn't. There's going to be some rust to knock off. But the minute he makes one of those highlight plays that we're used to seeing... Oh, yeah, he's going to have that Aaron Rodgers smirk, and I can't wait to see it because we're all going to have that shit-eating grin on our face <laughs> right along with him. Okay, next we have from Justin from SWP. I think Hicks is in a contract year. How would you handle that situation? You, you got you to gotta tread lightly on that one because, I mean, he's proven to be a good athlete and a, a great middle linebacker, but the dude can't stay healthy. I, I think we end up with a uh, with a prove-it deal with uh, Jordan Hicks. But not like a one-year deal. I mean, I mean, you look at his injury history, it goes back to him playing at Texas. I mean, that's the reason why he dropped, I think. You know, they just played Nigel, played paid Nigel, Nigel Bradham, Bradham. Mm-hmm. who you know filled in for Hicks pretty nicely. Um, but I think you know, can he stay he- stay healthy is the main question. And I think um, 
you know, if you want to bring him back for one year, and he's got to show show his work this year. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible he gets moved this year if he's playing well? No, 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 no. no. And it's just it's just a weird situation because you kind of got to look at like, all right, what wh- what do you pay the guy? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when when he when healthy, he's a Pro Bowl caliber middle linebacker. Yeah. But he can't stay healthy. I mean, so yeah. so where's the pace slot? Like, where do you slot him? I mean, then you think about D'Amico Ryan's, who also had Achilles injury on his way out, yep. and he they brought him back, and Hicks was the guy that replaced him. That's what you you know you might have to replace him, find a replacement for him. Yeah. But you know he's got to have to show his worth this year. I mean, he's coming back off of Achilles. Yeah. It's tough. Next, next uh, Twitter question. Um, this is the last one uh, from the Periscope earlier. A lot of people brought up the jersey because you could see it in the background. Oh, could you? Could yeah, you? yeah. So um, we have one from Big Cheryl. Oh boy. Uh, he Brace just, yourselves. He wants to know Brace who's yourself. lighting the match to the jersey. You know what? That is an excellent question, and uh, and clean as well from Shirley. Yeah, that's and clean, <laughs> and clean, impressive. No, no, di- no dick jokes. Well, do- well done, Cheryl. He's well done. growing up. You know what? I was thinking about asking Kyle Brandt, but the dude just tore his Achilles. Yeah. Like I don't know if you saw that. And he told the story on NFL he's Network. Arms to strike a match, man. Hey, and he, and he had a Bills jersey on. Yeah, a Bills shirt. A little, little questionable. Yeah, but he backed us the entire he time. He, he was did, the he only did. member of the national media who said the he Eagles did. could do it when everybody else said he was crazy. He's the only one that stuck by us, stuck by his guns, and vo- and, and said the. Uh, you're shaking your head. No, no, I was just gonna say he works for the NFL Network. He has every player's jersey for every team yeah. available for him to wear if he wants yeah. it. That he doesn't did. matter that he's wearing a Buffalo Bills. You shirt. know he's a closet Eagles fan. Like, he's never going to not be an Eagles fan after. And you saw him at the parade, man. Yeah, he's celebrating this, this right is, along with There's us. a special place in his heart for that Eagles team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a special place in his heart for the fourth and John Tailgate, because that's what yeah. he saw. He showed up. I escorted him over. Yeah. It was maybe another appearance. By the way, I uh, I got a new hat. I like it. I got a new hat. Did I show you guys the new hat? Oh, I thought you were wearing it. OG? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not the OG hat. The new Pope hat. Oh, I heard did descriptions, I you, but so, I did not see it yet. So last year, right, I, I, I was trying to find a new Pope hat because, honestly, the one that I had was from the costume store. And just like the flag behind us, it got a little trunk funk on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the flag is all stained up. It's got yellow stains and beer stains and God only knows what else on exactly it. Exactly how the Pope would treat it. <laughs> yeah, exactly how the Pope would treat it. So, you know, the, the Pope hat right now, especially after the Super Bowl, is like crushed up. It just stinks. It's, it's dirty. So ever since last year, I've been trying to find an official. They call it a, a, a meat, meat, miter? A miter. Like, like yep. a bishop's miter? Yes. So I've been trying to find one official, and I've been looking all over the internet, and I can't find it. So I found one on eBay, and I've had it in my watch section for like the last, since last year, right? So I figured since the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it's time to upgrade the hardware. So I saw it on eBay. I finally, it takes three weeks to to make and ship. So I I decided, all right, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I, fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pull the trigger on this thing. So I order it. And then I said, then I see the description on it, right? And it says at the bottom in bold, in red, this is for Roman Catholic use only. If we find out that this is for cult practices or anything other than Roman Catholic practices, we reserve the right to decline or cancel the order. 
Or dumb so, so I'm like, well, you know, it's the internet. How the hell is anybody else going to, how are they going to tell that I'm not, you know, that I'm the bishop of Broad Street? I'm not actually a Roman Catholic Vatican's bishop. on Twitter. So I, so, I, so, I, so I hit confirm. I order it. They ask the size. I know my hat size. I order it. Blah, blah, blah. Hat size. Can I get a medium? Blah, blah, blah. They start emailing me. Well, we're out of this material. Would you prefer this material? And I was like, you oh, know, yeah, I saw yeah. the email. I'm at work. All of a sudden, my phone starts blowing up. It's a Washington State number. Now, we all get wacky phone calls from different different states, so I kick it to voicemail. They call back five minutes later. Kick it to voicemail. They call back ten minutes later. I'm so annoyed. I'm at work. I'm dealing with customers. Finally, I pick up, and I'm like, yeah, okay, what? And they go, hi, is this Bishop Eric? And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, this is Bishop Eric. They're like, hi, this is so-and-so from the Roman Catholics. And all of a sudden, I was like, yes, it's a me. It's a Bishop Eric. How are you? And they're like, well, we just wanted to ask you a couple questions about your order. I'm like, oh, okay. Did you get the email that we received with the filters? Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, me and the email, I don't do the internet so well. I, I, I check it later. I check it later. I don't know why I developed an Italian accent talking to this broad. Where's, I, I, your, where's your brother Mario? I just, yeah, I'm just trying not to get caught because I answered the phone like an asshole. Like, what do you want? Is this Bishop Eric? It's a me, Bishop Eric. So so far they have not canceled the order. So I'm hoping in two weeks my new official post Super Bowl bishop's miter miter. I can't even say the word right. Shows up in the mail. So fingers crossed in a Some couple weeks. You are. Yeah. My mother. I told that story to my mother. She's like, you're burning in hell for this. Fire, like you're doing fire, beer bong baptisms. Fire. Like that's not sacrilegious enough. Getting we, people drunk we, in the we, name we, of. Would you call diehard Eagle fans a cult following? I yeah, would. I think I would. so. Yeah. It's a little bit cult. I think you're disqualified, pal. <laughs> no, no, yeah. yeah. Quite, well, quite cult. Don't, don't, don't say that. Hopefully they don't end up looking up Mighty E-Rug and, you know, Googling my name. <laughs> Has anybody else got anything to add after that one? Yeah, well, yeah, no, that, that's that's typical. All right, so we're going to wrap it up. We appreciate, appreciate everybody uh, who listens. Uh, please, on iTunes, give us a review, uh, a positive review. Uh, rate us, you know, the old five stars. Give us a follow on Twitter, at 4th uh, at and John. We appreciate Lacey coming in and handling uh, everything while Mike is gone. Mike, once again, we send our thoughts and prayers to you and your family. And, of course, as always, we are going to hit the post, hopefully, and talk a little bit longer until we get a Let's go, baby! Eagles football? We're talking Eagles football. You're listening to Fourth and John. Wait, what the f is a John anyway? Or donkey. Hello, motherfucker. I'm gonna get real weird with it. Fire, 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 fire. Fuck it. I put it in my fucking bag, though. Look at this dude. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. It's a how about them cowboys? Yeah.